What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Born Again Biker Podcast. I'm your host, Mouthpiece. I'm the pastor of Victory Biker Church, Maine. This podcast is a place to discuss real, practical Christianity, biblical truth, and what it means for the motorcycle community. So hang on to your handlebars. Let's ride. Good morning, church. It is Pastor Chris. That's right. It's Mouthpiece coming at you from Victory Biker Church, Maine, and you're listening to the Born Again Biker Podcast. Today, man, today, God has been working a lot about correction lately, just different types of correction, and he's got us in the book of Isaiah today. Uh, We're actually in Isaiah uh, chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 2 to verse 20. Today, it says here, listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. The children I raised cared and cared for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner and a donkey recognizes the master's, its master's care. But Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. Oh, what a sinful nation they are. Loaded down with the burden of guilt, they are evil people, corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. What, why do you continue to invite punishment? Must you rebel forever? Your head is injured and your heart is sick. You are battered from head to foot, covered with bruises and welts and infected wounds without anything, any soothing ointment or bandages. Your country lies in ruins, and your towns are burned. Foreigners plunder your fields before your eyes and destroy everything they see. Beautiful Jerusalem stands abandoned like a watchman's shelter in a vineyard, like a lean-to in a cucumber field after the harvest, like a helpless city under siege. If the Lord of heaven, the heaven's armies had not spared a few of us, we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. Listen to the Lord, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to the law of our God, people of Gomorrah. What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I can't stand them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of the orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. Come on now. Let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, 
I will make them white as wool. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. All right, church, there's a lot in this. And I kind of want to go through it. And we're going to go through it chunk by chunk here. Uh, So... In the beginning here, chap, you know, verse number two, it says, listen, have, oh heavens, pay attention, earth. He's not just calling out a particular group of people. He's calling out this sinful world that, 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 that is being lived in. And back then it was, it was the same way as it is today. You know, there, there is a, a gr- there has been a great falling away People are less and less believing in God now, uh, especially here where I live, here in Maine. We are one of the most unchurched states in, in the country. And, you know, that, that is people are, and what I mean by that is people are not committed to a particular church. They're not committed to following God at all. They're un undecided, I guess is the best way to put it in the political terms. Uh, But it says here that, you know, God is trying to get the attention of the world. He's trying to get the attention of all of the people that are out there. He's trying to get the attention of the believers and the non-believers. It says, the children I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. And, you know, doesn't that seem very true today? You know, God raised up a chosen people. God has given us this calling in life. And many people, many churches, many Christians, Christ followers, they have fallen away from the original calling that God has put on our lives, which again is to love one another like he loved us and to go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of Jesus Christ. Those are the things that God has called us to do. We have fallen away from that, church. We have truly fallen away from that. And we rebel against God because we're making these these man-made rules and we're making these man-made injunctions into his words that they just don't belong there. We can't improve on what a perfect God has already said. Understand that. If you get nothing else today, please understand that. But it says, you know, even an ox knows its owner and a donkey recognizes its master, but Israel doesn't know its master. And, you know, that's kind of true at this point. You know, animals like, yeah, I look at my dog, you know, Stella Stella is sitting here on her bed, on her couch, just kind of staring at me right now. But she knows that, that I'm her master. She knows that she's my dog. You know, she knows that I'm the one that's going to take care of her. She knows that when it comes time to eat, I'm going to feed her when she needs water. I'm going to give that to her. You know, when it's time to go for a walk or we go for a ride in the car, she knows who's taking her and she knows where that's going to come from. The people of God should know where everything that they have and everything that they need comes from. But at this point, their trust is in you know, is in money or it's in vaccines or it's in whatever else. They're not trusting that God is going to take care of everything that he's promised to take care of. 
What a sinful nation they are, loaded down with the burden of guilt. They're evil people, corrupt children who have rejected the Lord. And you know what, man? We got to stop. You know, we can't be the corrupt people anymore. And, and when I say we, I'm talking about the church and the unchurched. You know, we can't be the corrupt people. We need to set ourselves apart. We need to be the people that God had created us to be. They've despised the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. In this day and age, there, that is, there's no truer statement than that, church. The people of the world have turned their backs on Jesus Christ. They've basically said, you know, he, th- this isn't worth the fight anymore. I'm going to trust other avenues at this point. And you know what? I- I'll be honest with you. You know, I, my, my trust is in the one that has created the heavens and the earth. He's the one that creates the economy. He's the one that funds the economy. He's the one that is the doer and being and, and creator of all. And God starts to kind of get a little bit irritated here, you know, and he, he starts calling people out, you know, hey, wh- wh- why do you continue to invite punishment and rebel? For, you know, do you have to rebel forever? Aren't you getting tired of going through the trials is basically what God is saying here. Aren't you tired of going through the trials? Your head is injured and your heart is sick. You know, y- your head is in a place that it isn't. It doesn't need to be. Your heart is burdened and tired with worry and anxiety. It doesn't need to be there. When you put your trust in Jesus, all of that is going to go away. The country lies within ruins and your towns are being burned. That kind of sounds familiar nowadays. You know, foreigners are plundering your fields before your eyes and, are, and, and destroy everything that they see. You know, th- this right here speaks so much of what's going on in our country today. You know, and, and it's, you know, we've got, you know, our country is, you know, look at all the riots. Look at all of the people burning businesses and burning cities and, you know, our border crisis that we've got going on right now with everybody coming across the border. And, you know, basically, you know, we're now having supply chain issues where we're not getting certain things anymore. You know, this is what God is talking about. We have so many, we have such an influx of people that have come here outside of the, the legal ways. And now everything is being used up. Everything is hard to get. And our, and our, and our country is starting to become ruined. You know, pretty soon we're going to start to see things that are just awful. And what those are, I don't know, but I can sense that it's coming. And, you know, it's, it says here, as we get into like verse nine, you know, the Lord of the heavens of heaven's armies are, have only had not, if they hadn't spared a few of us, we would have been wiped out like Sodom and destroyed like Gomorrah. And it says here, listen, you leaders of Sodom. And that's in quotes. And it says, you know, listen, you know, listen to law, of our God, you people of Gomorrah. And again, Sodom and Gomorrah are put in quotation marks. Sodom and Gomorrah were, <coughs> excuse me, were the corrupt of the corrupt 
the immoral of the immoral cities of biblical times. And we're kind of getting to that point now. You know, I, I have said for, for a long time now that I want to be like the disciples because they turned the world upside down for Jesus. And the world back then was upside down. You know, it was a very immoral place. You know, there was a lot of sexual sin. There was a lot of corruption. There was a lot of power-hungry, evil people. And the disciples turned the world upside down. They, they turned the, you know, the, the places that were like, you know, Nineveh and Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, they turned those places completely upside down for Jesus Christ. And it, it's time for that again. You know, we're, we're starting to get places, <coughs> California, that are like Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, we have places that what was right is now wrong and what was wrong is now right. And we have places out there that are completely lawless and completely immoral. And God is starting to call that out. You know, it says here, you know, what makes me, what makes you think that I want your sacrifices? You know, I'm sick of your burnt offerings. I'm sick of your, you know, the, the fat off your fat and cattle. I'm sick of your hollow sacrifice. What God wants is he wants the sacrifice of our very lives, church. He wants the sacrifice of us saying, God, I can't do this without you. I can't get through a single second of a single minute of a single day without you. And he wants our genuine sacrifice of ourselves. He calls us to sacrifice our bodies and our minds and our spirits. Not empty sacrifice, as it says here. He gets no pleasure from bulls and goats and lambs. He wants he gets his pleasure from when we give ourselves 100% to him. When you come to worship, verse 12, when, when you come to worship me, who asks you to parade through my courts with all of your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. Nowadays, if we look at the worship that we see, and don't get me wrong, there is genuine worship out there. But when we look at the worship, it, be, it has become more of a show. It's a, you know, in, in the church realm, it's a concert now. You know, everybody has got giant light shows and fog machines and huge sound systems. And the music is, is made to invoke a certain emotional response. And the honest truth of it, church, is it does, shouldn't matter what music, if any, is played. Because the emotional response from worship comes from the fact that you are in the presence of the one and only living God. That's where the emotion should come from. Whether it, there's music playing or not. It doesn't matter if it's contemporary Christian or Southern gospel or you know, regular gospel music or, you know, old time, whatever. It doesn't matter what that music is. What matters is you are in the presence of the living God. He doesn't care about, it says right here, 
your celebrations of the new moon and Sabbath and special days for fasting, they're all sinful and false. He's saying that those things don't matter anymore. What he wants is us. He doesn't want the rituals of religion anymore. Which is, if you look at everything that we're talking about right now, it's the rituals of religion. God is saying he doesn't want the rituals anymore. He doesn't want the rituals of the rams and the goats and the bulls and all that other junk. He's not looking for us to have massive celebrations and put such an emphasis on celebrating a Sabbath. What he's saying is, is I want you I want your heart, church. Chris, I want you to give your all for me. That's what I want. That's what he's saying here. It says that he hates the new moon festivals. He's hating the annual, you know, the celebrations. They're a burden and he can't stand them. He's saying here that these are the things that are not going to save us. Because as we go on, he's talking about how we're covered in the blood of innocent victims. These rituals that God is talking about here is not going to wash us clean. It's not going to. How does he say that too? It says, verse 16, wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. That means to repent, to turn from, to turn away from and not pick them up again. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of the orphans and fight for the rights of the widows. And I love how they always come back to the orphans and the widows because most people don't study out. They just see those as everyday people. The orphans and the widows, <clears throat> excuse me, they were the least of the least. Orphans and widows had no family to take care of them. So when they, when, when husbands died or parents died and, or they, they weren't able to take care of their children and, and some, there were orphans and, and there were people, you know, widow, widows or widowers, they had nobody left. So God is telling us to take care of the people that have nobody. Those are, those are the homeless people that we see. Those are the people that are struggling through drug addiction. Those are the people that struggle through alcoholism. They're the people that have, have struggled through infidelity and, and everybody has given up on them. They are the people that struggle through sin in the world. God's telling us that he wants us to take care of them. Learn to do good and seek justice. God wants to wash our sins away. And he says it right here. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Uh, Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. How? How does God do that? It says right here in the next verse, if you will only obey me. You will have plenty to eat. If you will only obey God, he will take care of you. He will wash you clean, church. And he'll take care of us. But if, if you turn away and refuse to listen, 
You're going to be devoured by the sword of your enemies. And God says, I, the Lord, have spoken. That is a promise right there. If you turn from your sins, God will wash away your sins. He will forgive you just like it never, ever happened. But if you don't, if you don't, then there's only one other option, and that is to be devoured. That is to be devoured by your enemies. And who is the enemy of God? Satan. And I don't know about you, but there's not a single person in this world that I want to see go to hell. There's not a single person in this world that I want to see separated from God. And that is why I do this. I don't want people to go to hell. Plain and simple. So, church... I'm going to leave this right here. I hope that this gives you something to to think on. I'm going to challenge you to go back and read Isaiah chapter 1. Uh, we're going to move on tomorrow to wherever it is that God wants us to go. But read this for yourselves. See what it is that God is putting on your heart. I love you guys. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow.